Read about the Northern Wrestling Federation in the book presented by Russellville.com, The The Pro Pro Wrestling Wrestling Fault, Volume 2. Hear the story of Roger Ruffin, the man who trained Carl Anderson, Anderson, the Monster Abyss, Jordan Clearwater, Chris Harrison, Jillian Hall. Plus 45 other short stories including Jazz, Bobby Eaton, Kamala, Thunder Rosa, Mario Mancini, Scott Casey, PJ Black, Carrie Morton, Sal Renaro, Jeremiah Plunkett, Colby Carino, Bam Bam Malone, and many others. Get your book today at Russellville.com. Russellville. It's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. All right, everybody. It is the man they call Dave on the Working Fans Podcast. And today I got three-time, three-time, three-time author now, Vinny Barry. He's written books, Lance by Chance, and now Wrestleville, Volume 1 and 2. Vinny, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, thank you very much for having me on, Dave. Good here. Awesome, awesome, man. So the last time we talked, Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume 1 came out. What was it? There you go. What was it actually like to uh, promote that book? And, you know, where did you go? Well, you know, it, it, it it's one of those things that, you know, it's just telling people about it. But I'll, I'll tell you this, selling it online and selling it, it, it does not do it justice because when I go to live shows and people pick this thing up, they don't put it down. They, they, every time they ask, Hey man, how much does this book cost? You know, because they start thumbing through it and they start seeing what's in it. And there's over 400 pictures in this book and uh, there's 35 short stories. And I'll go down, like, I'll just shoot off some names that are in the book. You got guys like Bobby Fool, uh, Tracy Smothers, Bill Dundee, Ricky Morton is in this book, Supermix Sean Hernandez. Hernandez, Tim Storm, Harley Race, Bushwhacker Luke is in this book, Larry Henning, C.W. Anderson, and, you know, then there's guys that may, may be not as known as them. You know, Bruce Thorpe is in here, Sir Mo is in here, James Beard, Mr. USA, you know. There's there's a bunch of people with large careers and, you know, not so well-known. But all have stories. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody has a story, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I know one thing personally I've noticed, too, is like just doing this, is like sometimes you interview guys like George South, you know, he's been in the business forever. And it's like, okay, he may not be as big a name as some, but he's got like so many stories. He's worked with Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair. And yeah, I think that's the same thing, right? You, you start talking to some of these guys and you're probably like, sometimes I imagine like, it's not insulting, but like you go into something, you don't know what to expect. And then sometimes you get blown away by some of these people, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. You know, and in, in for my second Russellville book, the, the Pro Wrestling Vault Volume 2, unbelievable stories in this book. And one that really 
really kind of really takes me back. In April of 2019, I interviewed uh, Blake Christian. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. And he and he was not not real known in the scene. He was wrestling in Tennessee area and met Sir Mo somehow. I don't know how he met Sir Mo. Came to Dallas and through Sir Mo, he said, "Dude, you got to interview this kid." And I said, "Okay, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll do it." And I interviewed him. Story in this book about him and how he got started in pro wrestling. Started off tragedy and 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 a lot of mourning, right? But it got to a point where his dad was like, "Look, man, you know, I will do anything to help you, you know." And he ended up sending him off to a wrestling uh, academy in his state, you know. And those guys, man, and 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 he basically worked through his depression and, and honed his skills as a pro wrestler. And you know what? I'll, I'll I'll share the the tragedy that happened. Him and his him and his former girlfriend. They were broken up at the time, but they were still very good friends. And obviously, uh, maybe still in love or both cared for each other deeply because they were still hanging out, you know. So they went to this party, them and another friend. And the other friend got really inebriated, got drunk. And so Blake said, hey, I think it's time to take him home. And she was like, well, do you mind taking him home and coming back to meet me? And then we'll leave together. Because, you know, the, it was still an early night or whatever. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So he took this friend home and he came back party and when he came back party emergency vehicles were there and what happened was there was a fight that broke out mm-hmm. and somebody during that fight pulled out a gun and everybody in the uh, party uh, you know left they either ran outside or they ran into other room to take cover well the guns went off and a bullet went the wall and into the bath and his girlfriend was in the bath and, wow. she, got, and she got struck by the stream and, and she and she died and and so you know that story is is in the book but there's stories like I have the uh, Northern Wrestling promotion there's a picture of Roger Ruffin right here he's been in wrestling for over 30 years are you familiar with Roger Ruffin? Oh yeah I've heard of him yeah okay and his story is in here matter of fact the book opens with his his story and there's about 40 or 50 pictures from his promotion and there's about a 10 page story in here about his story and how he got you know connected with pro wrestling and, and he followed his dream and now passing on professional rest to hundreds and hundreds of people but five names that stand out to me or uh let me see monster abyss chris harris yeah. carl anderson a jordan clearwater jillian hall and yeah. there's a couple uh coming up nikki victory been on aew lord crew he's been working with game changer wrestling so he's definitely got a formula that works and you know uh it's just an interesting story that that's one of the six stories book. Well, wow. you know, I want to ask you, just listening to you talk about these books and everything like that. Like I said, we, I think, first started talking around 2019. I want to say it was before the pandemic. How do you feel like now in your third book, like you've grown as like an author, but also as, you know, just a person having to go out here and promote this book and being more involved in the wrestling? Like, well, that's a, that's a good question, man. I think for me, I, I think writing, it, it always seems to, I look back at stuff I wrote a couple years ago and I'm like, like gosh, <laughs> you know, I think like that. And and so, and I'm constantly reading and I'm reading stuff that is going to help me improve as a writer. I, I've never come to this place where, oh, you know, I don't have to keep on working at this because it, I do. But I think the more I do it, it that that strengthens. Getting out and meeting people, I, I can talk to you, right? I mean, it's yeah. it, that's never been a thing for me but my expectations are something i have to you know i always think oh man you know 
it's so great and everybody's going to love it. And it's not really the case. Everybody's different, right? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll say one thing. A lot of people do like stories because they don't feel like they have a long book, right? right? And they, they like this. And, you know, and I like doing them too. I always wanted to do books of short stories. And I thought, well, what would I write? You know, because I'm reading stuff like Edgar Allan Poe and, but I don't write like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, Wait a second, dude, you've interviewed all these wrestlers, you know? And so I started putting them together, cleaning them up. And, you know, I, I guess just really the whole aspect, I'll tell you this, I don't pay for people to do my picture layouts anymore. Right. I, I, you know, it, the Lance book cost me over $500 to do that. The next book, I put 400 pictures in it and I did that. So mm. that, that took a while, but I'm learning how to make books, right? And there's still some things that I get get stuck on, but, you know, there's always somewhere there, somewhere along the line, there's someone there that can record. Here we go. We got some comments, actually comments here too. It looks like producer Joe got in here and wanted to comment here. What wrestling promotions were you able to get out and plug it out? I'd see, I went to, uh, there's a, uh, the wrestling league. It used to be the uh, Texas wrestling league, but now they call themselves the wrestling league because they do stuff in Florida as well. I've been there. I've been new breed championship wrestling. These are promotions down here in South Texas where I live. I've gone up to uh, Dallas and I've sold books at MPX. It's out of Hearst, Texas. That's really, you should look that place up. That is a really cool promotion. It's run by Stephen Kirby. A dude is, is, is a phenomenal wrestler. I think he, you know, I mean, he has the school and he trains up there, but uh, I went to a show up there and that dude was the whole pack. You know, I mean, he, he really, you know, and he wasn't the main event. But he was strategically put somewhere in the card where it just made the whole card even that much better, right? So yeah. he's got a good thing going on. His wrestlers up there, and he brings in Madman. What's uh not Madman Pondo? Man, Mad. What's his name? I don't know. You had me thinking Madman Pondo for a minute. <laughs> no, it's, it's not him. It's it. Man, it, it, I just watched Mesh the other day, but but excuse. <laughs> but he brings in big name and Sermosa promotes well. So you know, I'm oh. going up there this December to go to Dallas and I'm hoping I, I matter of fact my brother wanted to take me to the cowboy game and I said dude I got some wrestling shows to go to so <laughs> I turned down uh, cowboy tickets on Christmas Eve which is the Eagles oh wow yeah and, and my brother has decent seats I mean they ain't top dollar but he's he's got decent seats for for that stadium because hey we gotta go cowboys one more question from the comments here was there a name you were most surprised to get on this last one Kamala yeah I was I was surprised wow. to get Kamala. Yeah. And he was he was sick when I reached out to him. And he, uh, he talked to me for a couple minutes and he said, hey, buddy, call me next week. I don't feel good. I said, all right. Called him. I called him and he said, yeah, let's talk. And he wanted to talk and talked. And about two months later, he passed away. Wow. I've been wanting to get Kamala for, for a long, long time. I just loved watching him when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, he, you know, I bought into. Same. I really thought he was from the jungle, right? Same. <laughs> I, I got suckered too, man. <laughs> I mean the 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 spear and the mask yeah. and the pain. I was like, wow, this guy's this guy's a cannibal. One of the wrestlers, a few wrestlers I can remember as a kid, I was scared of, like legit scared of. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kai is in this book. Soraya Knight, Paige's mom, is in this book. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. Mario Mancini. Are you familiar with Mario? Mario oh, Mancini was he uh enhancement guy in the eighties? Yeah. With uh, yeah, he prefers the uh, carpenter. No, oh, okay. Oh, he does prefer job. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, usually, okay. Hey, he says in this book, he goes, don't you dare call me an enhancement. I'm not human Viagra. <laughs> 
That's awesome. <laughs> I have Nikita Knight in here. Okay. Nia Hale right now in NXT. Oh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. You know, so I've got Thunder Rosa's in this book. Carrie Morton's in this book. Susan mm -hmm. Green is in this book. Duke the Dumpster, Bobby Eaton, Blake Christian, Congo Kong, Scott Casey. I mean, really, the list goes on. Sal Renaro, Bam Bam Maloon, Sheldon Gerb Goldberg, who you're familiar with, Papa Stroh. You know, yeah. you know I, I would say that this this thing is, the whole book is in that. <laughs> It exceeded my expectations for some of the people that I got in this thing. It, it's wild because you've interviewed some people who would go on to pass away. You've interviewed some people who would end up being stars, you know, on a bigger stage. And it's like, it's all the spectrum. And now me and Joe were talking about this before you uh, went on. It's interesting now because like, your first book was about Lance Von Erich. And now he is being played in a movie uh, in the Von Erich story by MJF, who's the champion of the number two promotion in North America right now so what did you think about that what did you hear about that i loved it yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> because ever since it was announced you know sales started trickling in again so uh, yeah <laughs> you, you know it, it really helped you know it's it's like you you gotta constantly beat the drum right and something like that is i mean you really can't ask for anything better than that to happen and it's really interesting about that movie is because 2020 when it was announced that that movie was being made when I was working on the Lance Von Erich book, I interviewed Johnny Mantell and Johnny Mantell had said, he goes, you know, it's a shame that Kevin's working on that movie with the, the screenwriter because the truth is coming out. Right. And I went on a podcast and they had the uh, scriptwriter on that worked with Kevin Von Erich. Oh, wow. Yeah. And don't ask me to, I can't re remember his name off. I have it. I have it written down, but not in front of What me. timing though? It was unbelievable. Were they surprised? me with him. They said, yeah. hey, got this guy. And so I started questioning him about Lance Von Eric. He was like, yeah, I don't talking about and then I thought, you know what? I have an idea how this movie's going to go, right? Yeah. Shortly after that, they put Quash, man. They just like, we're not making the movie. Mm. Fast forward a little bit. Sean Durkin picks it up the, from Canada, a director, right. movie director. And he picked up the project and it was uh, said that Kevin Von Erich wasn't working on the project. And then maybe fast forward a little bit, a month or so, or a couple months, maybe a couple months, MJF was announced. When they, when they announced that, I thought, oh, okay, this is, this is going to be interesting. It's really going to be interesting to, to see how they tell the story because I don't think you can tell that story without adding him. He was such an intricate part. Mm -hmm. You know, they brought him in for, for, for one reason and, and that was because David Von Erich died, Mike wasn't ready right. and they had him there when Kerry had his motorcycle accident. Kevin had his injury. He was the only Von Erich there at one time wrestling. So, you know, to, to just kind of pretend that he never existed, that's not history, you know, and so I'm excited. My wife said to me, and this prior to Sean Durkin getting on board, she says, I'm not worried about not being able to sell the book now. Yeah. You know, and, and then when, when MJF was announced, it's not like they were flying out the door, but I could see like one or two or three, you know, like extra a week or, you know, it was like popping up on Amazon and people, you know, if, if you want an autograph, I still got some autograph copies of Lance Von Eric. You, you're not getting that autograph anywhere because he is not right um, you can you can get those on my website at, at russellville.com but for for someone who likes you know rare 
autographs, Russellville.com, you can get a uh, Lance by Chance, a book, and a sticker put in there signed by Lance Von Eric himself. All right, there you go. That I mean, right now, if you're into rare autographs, that's definitely a good one to have. And I think, especially as this movie gets closer and comes out, you're going to see a lot more people wanting that. Well, I wanted I wanted to add, too, if you go to the website as well, or uh, the Pro Wrestling Vault Volume 1 and 2, there's signed autograph labels in there for those book well. And in, in the new one, my goodness, man, you talk about getting lucky. I scored uh, Jeremiah Plunkett, uh, oh. Sal Renaro, Kerry uh, Morton, Jazz, PJ Black, uh, my goodness, a- Andrew Anderson, and there's about, about 11 total. So, yeah, I was I was really pleased with the ones that I got for, for that one. That was now one other question we had. This might have been from volume one. You can correct me. Oh. What someone's asking, what was Bobby Eaton like? Yeah, you see, you had Bobby. Eaton. Oh my gosh, dude, yeah. he was so nice. Man. Yeah, the day that we were planning call, matter of fact, I had called him and he was driving, or mm-hmm. he was, I, they might have been going show or something, him and his friend, because his, his friend was driving and he was in the car and we were talking a little bit and I told him what I wanted to do and he goes, okay, well. I'd love to do it now because I got the time, but it's noisy and, you know, and distractions. We're driving, radio on. I was like, okay. And he goes, hey, call me next. And I'm thinking, you know, that I'm in here. Mm-hmm. Right. A week later, he called me on wow. the day that we thought that we're going to meet. And he, he had said, hey, Vinny, uh, I can't. Something came up today. I have to go do something. I wasn't counting on this. Let's reschedule. And I was like, okay. And then we rescheduled and, and he, you know. What I liked about him was he, you know, he did what he said he was going to do. And I, I have yeah. a lot because that was something that I was brought up with. And, and I, I, I'll say this one thing about wrestlers and and not just wrestlers. I, this has been my experience. All combative fighters, you know, whether they're boxers. MMAs, wrestlers, they say yes, but they don't always follow through. Right. You know, and it's yeah. just, you know, in, in my if if I ever complain to my wife like, I can't believe that guy stood me up. She says, hey, you've been doing this for over 12 years or so. You know this is yeah. what I do. So, you know, it's you just make friends with it, I guess. You do. And I'll say this too, for a little while on this podcast, we were doing a thing, like a comedy segment, and we'd interview comedians, and without naming names, worse than the wrestlers. <laughs> right? were, yeah, like, the wrestlers were tough enough to get sometimes like you get a lot and say yes then they forget or they just don't do it and you have some to do and you really appreciate the ones to do as you know especially like you said like bobby someone who remembers or is a little early or takes that time you appreciate that shit so much for anyone listening yeah. but he yeah just, he was just a nice guy yeah you know? that's great and the story that shared with me is is awesome too he talks about what the tag team was like with uh wrestling with dennis and what it was like with Stan and just how much he loved all those guys and in that group you know he talks about Big Bubba and Jimmy it just it was really nice that's awesome now my next question would be I guess do you plan on writing another book I am working on a I'm working on a book right now I'm working on a book with Black Bart oh wow Black Bart man he's never so he's never told his story before then he has not matter of fact when when he was introduced to me because I always get every time I get to the end of 
of a book, I'm like, okay, I'm, let's let's hit the reset button and let's reevaluate. And maybe I don't want to do this again. And somebody, I was working on, I guess, one of these two books because yeah. they were kind of working on them together. But I can't, what was it? About a year ago, somebody said, hey, I'm doing some most stuff like Bart, but he can write his book. And I said, man, I'm a little bogged down right now. I, I don't want to take on another project. When I finished, when I got to a like a resting place or a place where I, I felt like I had my head above water because I reached out to Bart Mart and this is what now November and this is coming yeah. out. So I was doing all the formatting, all the proofreading and all that stuff. Mart on, right? And I took a, a somewhere in that time I entered him for about a six period thing. And wow. so he's retired. So I'd call him up, talk for a couple hours. But the first time I talked to him, he said to me, he said, I said, hey Bart, this is Vinny. He goes, Dad gum Vinny. I've been waiting for you to call me, man. <laughs> <laughs> And that's about how I talk. He said that one right last have it for whatever reason didn't connect with somebody or you know people would say oh yeah I'll set you up with somebody somebody and then never followed through or whatever and I said dude I'll I'll commit with you and we'll work on this together and you know it every every project has its challenges you know it's you know you know with Lance you know because you're you're talking about you know give me your time right Lance right. Is busy and traveling and all this stuff right but for Bart. And, and Lance had this issue too was uh, just remember things sure. you know yeah. you know so we'll be talking and I just call him up to wish him Thanksgiving and he'll drop a story on me I was like whoa 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 <laughs> dude wait, wait why didn't you tell me this a long time ago well you just said cranberries right. and that made me think of this time I was like okay dude so that happened a lot with Billy I got one more comment question here today uh, Randy Osga timed in and I know you've had plenty so uh, whatever you feel like mentioning but uh, uh, a favorite wrestler to interview Dude, you know what there's there's a lot of them. i i can't right. you know and also too on my website if you go through my podcasts mm -hmm. there's a lot of guys on there too you know and guys that i i haven't written about and i don't i mean it, it's hard to say i was talking to moonshine mantel the other night i don't know if you know know who he is but he was a rest texas and okay. now he's up in kansas he's got a school up there and me and that guy could still be talking i think <laughs> yeah. i i i'll tell you this uh, someone who I get along really, really, really well with is Mark Youngblood. Oh, okay. Mark Youngblood. From the, from the Youngbloods. And mm -hmm. me and him talk, we talk often. And, and sometimes we don't even talk about wrestling. We just talk about what's going on in each other's lives. But he did a recording with me this week. And it will be on my website. And it's probably going to be a two-parter. And the second part, he talks about what happened the day Bruce Brody was killed uh... in Puerto Rico. And he goes into detail. And pretty amazing stuff he's never talked about it in 35 years so uh except with Frank's wife. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. He's never gone public with it and I wasn't expecting him to share this with me and he broke down twice during the interview so it was pretty emotional uh, stuff and I've got some podcasts, you know, ahead of his that, that are going to be running so I can't tell you exactly when it's going to be out but follow me, follow my website and follow my podcast. I'm, I, I'm, I was just going to hit you, Vinny. Go ahead. Tell everybody your social media and yeah. everything. 
then also tell them where they can find a book. Go right ahead. <laughs> right. Well, Russellville.com is is where you can find everything, right? Has all my products up there. Also has some shirts up there. Got all the podcasts up there. This past year, I started interviewing international wrestlers as well. So I got Molly Spartan up there. She's married Wolfgang. Oh, yeah. In, in, in uh, what, uh, NXT U- yeah. UK. And I've got uh, Casey. I have Ian Skinner. I've got TJ Rage. I mean, I, I it's just really amazing the international scene over there. Guys that are talking to me. And then, of course, you can get all three of the books. You've got Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Eric, and Pro Wrestling Vault 1 and 2. And uh, you can get all those with signed stickers. Uh, the uh, Wrestling Vault books, they come out with, you know, it's it's, it's almost like a crapshoot, right? I mean, of who you get. But, boy, there's some good ones in there, man. And and some of these autographs just may never come across. That's I, awesome. I, mean, I got Lilani Kai, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. They're hardcore, old-school wrestling fans. These are a treat. Yeah. And- that stories with the people, not the guys, you know, these are the people you remember growing up. You're like, hey, whatever happened to so-and-so, he's got plenty yeah. of them in this book. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. And she and she's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, lady. I and mean, just a sweetheart of a, a lady. She's was helping me with pictures. And, you that's know, nice. she's just real excited that the book is coming out and that she's in it. And she was joking with me the other day. It was like, well, yeah, my my head's probably turned backwards. <laughs> I said, you're going to be surprised for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well Vinny thank you so much man thank you for your time and we uh, people check out this book alright he's got all a bunch from Wrestleville.com and you're gonna love these short stories it's not a heavy commitment just get in there and check them out yeah and they've even had people tell me that they read the Lance book within the one and two days you know yeah so yeah, so, yeah one lady read it twice in two days <laughs> <laughs> awesome alright Vinny thank you for your time good luck as always one of the hardest working guys I know, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the numbers 82 Designs, 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, like divide the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Fans, welcome to episode 173 of the Working Fans Podcast. And I am happy to say we can finally shut AJ the fuck up. That is the last time you will have to see that intro video because I've been working on a little something and was was going to unveil it in the new year, but I decided decided you know what it's almost december so here is the new working fans podcast trope we're not going to be doing our usual reads today but we will play you this commercial from guest of the show vinnie bear Read about the Northern Wrestling Federation in the book presented by russellville.com the, the pro, pro wrestling, wrestling fault volume 2 
Hear the story of Roger Ruffin, the man who trained Carl Anderson, Anderson the Monster Abyss, Jordan Clearwater, Chris Harrison, Jillian Hall. Plus 45 other short stories, including Jazz, Bobby Eaton, Mollet, Thunder Rosa, Mario Mancini, Scott Casey, PJ Black, Carrie Morton, Sal Renaro, Jeremiah Plunkett, Colby Carino, Bam Bam Malone, and many others. Get your book today at Russellville.com. Russellville, it's where wrestling lives. Now, guys, I got to ask if you heard that mid-commercial or did somebody spike my weed? I want to hear about these short stories. <laughs> Jazz is in the center and not Scott Casey. <laughs> I you always know, thought... You should have asked We just got done with him. So if you haven't checked out our interview with author Vinny Barry, we just had him on talking about his book, The Pro Wrestling Vault, Volume 2. AJ was a big fan of Volume 1. I, I was. Just, uh, I, I am a big fan of anything to do with um wrestling from the vault with the history of wrestling with and uh vin barry does such a great job of getting in depth and getting the stories and really getting behind the scenes the vin man yes he does. Love that guy. <laughs> now guys we're starting a little bit yeah, what you want to talk about <laughs> it's thanksgiving week and dave would it be fair to say oh randy in here under an assumed name i like it did he go as Randall Oscar? We're actually streaming on Twitch now instead of Twitter. I figured send it to a different source and because we're going to be trying something the new year. I'm actually going to announce it now. I'm bringing back the video game streaming in 2023. On Friday nights, I plan on streaming UFC 4 and going through the career mode. And then on Saturday oh. nights, I'm going to do a stream of WWE 2K and I'm going to go with the GM mode and just play week to week. So it's almost episodic viewing. I like that Joe's pretending like it's not the fact that he hates Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I streamed some games. Uh, Dave will never stream, but we do have to get Chevy back into it. <laughs> but anyway, we're here today basically to wrap up our 1984 discussion. And next week, we're going to be continuing with a timeline of 1985. So I reached out to the Mothership Facebook group and tried getting some of their 1984 memories or what are their highlights. And Dan Titus said that January 23rd, 1984 was the night that changed the business forever. Whether that was good or bad is open to opinion. And for, I mean, Hogan's title reign really kind of, it was at the start of my fandom, but it definitely yeah. caused a wave in wrestling. Oh, no doubt. I mean, Hogan is basically the golden goose. Like, you know, like obviously Hogan, you know, I'm sure he owes a lot of success to Vince and WWF at the time, but like you can't say Vince succeeds nearly as good or does as well without Hulk Hogan. Definitely. Now, former guest of the show, Brian R. Solomon agreed, said Hogan winning the title, Kerry winning the NWA title, because like we said, with David dying, that was big. Mm -hmm. Flair versus Steamboat at the Meadowlands, War to Settle the Score on MTV, and Piper and Snooka incident. How much better would the world of wrestling been, though, if they gave a solid run to the Iron Sheik. <laughs> you know, to think about. he would have definitely had a really good, yeah, his heel run. I mean, they kept him in the tag teams and those guys were hated. That run he'd end up having afterwards with Sergeant Slaughter, where Slaughter came back as, you know, G.I. Joe, you know, gung-ho Sergeant Slaughter. Like, I remember they were selling out and main event and house shows with that because I remember hearing about that as a kid. I can't help but think that if you gave him the mic time and the run of like Roman 
Roman Reigns now. Sheiky baby could have could have been the biggest thing. Speaking of some of the memories in there too, when you talked about Carrie, I was I did look at some because we know we always talk about PW Insider here. Or I'm sorry, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Always fuck those two up. Shout out to Dave Shear, but. I was looking at some of the awards and stuff for that year, and Kerry Von Eric was voted most popular wrestler of nineteen eighty, which I thought was insane. Well, if your brother died in a fucking drug overdose I get it. in Japan, well, I just you, you might be more popular too. I was. I mean, obviously, it's the readers of the magazine, but he was not more popular than Hulk Hogan or even. No, it's, it's clearly the sympathy of the magazines. Uh, <laughs> I, I like Kerry better than Hogan. I want Kerry to be liked more than Hogan. Oh, me too. <laughs> But that's just bullshit. (laughs) I like that Dave did research getting ahead of our next segment where we're going to go over some of these rankings. But to share a couple more memories, the Wahoo McDaniel heel run in JCP. That's an interesting one. His match against superstar Billy Graham at Starcade in 84, to be honest with you, is one of the worst matches I've ever seen in my life. However, the run as a heel of Wahoo McDaniel was fantastic. And he had a good run with the United States Championship. Dennis Brown. Brown has an interesting comment. It was his first in-person card in 1984, and Tito Santana versus Greg Valentine was the main event. Oddly enough, Denny Brown wrestled at Starcade 84 also, defending the <laughs> Junior Heavyweight Championship, so good for him. That's right. Downtown Denny Brown, man. <laughs> Marty Goldstein here commented, he said, working on shows with Leo Burke and Johnny Weaver, so we got some wrestlers in the mothership group here. Here's the funny thing, just a little thing. Denny Brown was not the champ going into that match he actually wrestled like a Marty young mike da- no he wrestled a young mike davis maniac mike mike davis and mike davis was actually the junior heavyweight champion from mid-atlantic maniac mike two different nice. socks now aj aj did you get to watch full gear last weekend i did i watched it primarily to see where you guys were in the crowd with <laughs> anger in my eyes but it, <laughs> it was delightful i thought it was a great show the the feel of the crowd i mean they seemed like they were really into it except for these two really quiet guys in one of the rows but <laughs> Other than that, um, it seemed great. We'll get into that because, Dave, that morning, what time did you wake up for the day at? Fucking four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I was up. What, what, time, what time did you get home from Full Gear? Quarter, I was in bed at quarter oh, no. of three, I think. You you got us home at your house at 2.30. So I got home like 2.45, so, so basically 23 hours later after you started your day, you got home from the rest. And I was throwing oh, up on you. <laughs> we'll get to it because we have to explain the day before we explain how we took in Full Gear. So we were doing I, good I can't wait to hear. Start off good. What's that? Yeah. I can't. I can't oh, wait to hear about Dave throwing up because he was so upset about William Regal's heel turn. That broke my heart. So, <laughs> It only took us about two and a half hours to get to New Jersey. We stopped at a great little pizza place, ran into another fan of the post show that was going to the show. So we yeah. all ate together there. Got I'm glad they still have Sabaros. Oh, no. This was uh, this was a great little pizza place that was playing hip hop. I got a bowl of pie way bigger than I expected. Plug, plug, plug the name of the Dave place, guys. What was oh, the name of the place? Something red? <laughs> it was next Something to like red. Red's Brew house in newark new jersey it's the next i, I was i was we i was gonna plug if they were open i was gonna plug the name of the pizza place but then i got high then i got, I got high. a pizza burger okay, <laughs> joe got like a super-sized bowl of pasta that sounds amazing. Man, angel hair yeah. pasta with vodka sauce it was amazing <laughs> started the day off like this pizza 10 30 <laughs> 
I had a similar thing. I started my day off with a bottle of vodka. <laughs> but yeah, then Never we went mind. over to the then we went over to the live post podcast, which was great. It was their fifth year anniversary, and it was amazing hearing how they came up with the podcast. And even though they were leaving big time radio and V jobs and going into podcasting, Dan I identified with a lot of the struggles they had. They shared their conversation about coming up with a name and how it's almost never the first name that you try. You kind of work it between you guys and eventually sure. you come out with a name. We should have tried that. <laughs> yeah. We had a we had a short little run back and forth with names and then getting to meet them afterwards. Everybody was very gracious. Way Ting yeah. gave me a couple editing tips. We linked up with Andrew Thompson, who we're going to be interviewing next Friday at one. He writes for posts and, you know, was telling us to send him interviews when so he transcribe them. It was yeah. really great to meet the community and see how nice they are, like connecting their fans. I'd like so, to point out that we also left illustrious jobs. I mean, we left the grocery business and the restaurant business and it wasn't an easy choice to make for this fancy lifestyle we live now. Yeah. Or killing. <laughs> Sorry if we don't respond to your comment right away, Randy. We're too busy being fucking rich. <laughs> plus, plus, we don't know who Randy three 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 six really yeah. is. I never heard that. <laughs> At least use your real now, handle, after Randy. We got done with. At least use your real handle, handle Ran that? Randall the Plowboy Frazier. Yeah. <laughs> now we went from the live podcast to Red's Brew House to eat, and this place was packed. Every oh. restaurant around the Prudential Center was packed, but this. This place was like get a seat where you can how long were we in there dave before we actually got it uh i think about a half hour it wasn't like we but like we got lucky like there was some guy who kind of let us sit next to him who was getting out there like it was it was definitely a crazy crazy atmosphere in that restaurant bar like i i i was amazed that people were even cleaning off tables it looked like oh. tables were just you know it was swarmed like it let, was let me see if i got this right you guys went and ate big bowls of pasta before going to the post show yeah you left the post show and then went to eat again yeah it had been uh, like three hours he did not but it was like it was a good amount of time in between because the post show went a couple hours but like what joe didn't say is like we hung out like and kept talking and maybe even longer than we were supposed to like i don't think we did it on purpose but like people who weren't actually attending anymore had left and we stuck around still talking to some of the guys who were like in the show and it kind of dawned on me afterwards like I think we're the only motherfuckers here who were supposed to like not be here anymore because like uh, other than like Chris the gentleman who was with us and our friend Scott like everybody else was all people who do shows for them or associated with them. So what I'm yeah, hearing is fair. they were too they were too nice to tell you to get the hell out. They didn't notice us. <laughs> <laughs> we were escorted into the green room after the regular show was done. And it, I was in there talking for about five minutes before I'm like, are we, are we supposed to be here? No. But you know, like, <laughs> we weren't. <laughs> because were I overheard somebody, the guy, the guy escorting someone out, I overheard him say, oh, no, not for you guys. But that wasn't for us. But we stayed too. Like, like oh, yeah, thanks, bro. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> No worries. <laughs> but we have we to said all that to basically, yeah, we said all that to say this, that by the time the show started, I, in my mind, I fully realized I had a two and a half hour drive ahead of me after this five hour show. So and that's that if you're lucky me down a little. Yes. Yeah. So we hit some highs and lows. We go, we went into the show tired at this point and the open match was the cage match. And I remember it was a good match. Right. And I listened to, to people through the whole like, 
we, we got to go through the pre-show first because remember oh. we got in there and i'm like i'm gonna wait till the show starts to buy a shirt okay. and then the 10 man tag with the factory comes out and i'm right. like you know what i'm gonna go attempt those lines now because i don't want to miss sure. it so i missed the dan Housen match whatever what came after that i don't fucking remember <laughs> <laughs> you look it up i don't give shit. <laughs> i did make i think it was starks but i made it back in enough time for eddie kingston versus june akiyama and that was oh, yeah. just a great match i almost wondered why it wasn't on the main show mm. but the way that eddie closed out that pre-show i thought yeah. it was great and if i'm at home i'd want to buy the pay-per-view based on that promo great pitch man like he's definitely the pitch man you want but yeah no the pre-show i i didn't have a problem with the pre-show it was fun maybe because i was excited for that kingston match but like to get what i was saying the opening match though by the time that started i was feeling tired and freddie prince jr tells a great story on his podcast this week about his wife sarah michelle giller is he's watching full gear in his room because they don't want to disturb their son he's watching something with his wrestling right so he's watching it and sarah comes in and she goes oh you watch wrestling and she goes wait that jack because sarah was friends with luke perry right so now the match starts and jack perry gets busted open hard way as you recall and sarah's like is that actual but she's like yep and so now she's super invested and she's seeing jack's mother and sister you know and they're upset and so it's like she got invested so she was super net match and they love the story and in retrospect it was but in my retrospect the fucking match took forever i was tired and i was never invested in it i didn't want the match i'm like let's move it along and luchasaurus is kicking out of near falls and i'm like really <laughs> just put an end to this you know because that's where i was at we that point Yep. We were at an angle too where we were at a we were facing a corner of the cage. So it was kind of hard to get like a real good view on the ring. You can get a view from the screens above, but I like I didn't give too much of a shit about the match. I like Dave was tired. It was good. But it wasn't like the best. So to put a button on this, I still don't believe Kerry Von Erich should have been the most popular wrestler in PWI for uh, 1984. Great segue. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what the next match was? Yeah. Yes, it was the trios tag match. I could not okay. tell you what happened after that. Sorry, uh, that, that's sorry. The, the the point behind that was is I just didn't give a shit about Laura. No, so, so here the... I'm glad we, we segue into the, uh, the 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 trios match. All right, we can breeze through some of this, but it's important that we actually mention this one because it was at this point where I got my second win. Not yeah, those matches. I, actually, I didn't give a fuck because <laughs> I was still like I knew the elite was coming out. I don't. I'm like a lot of people. I'm just not like overwhelmed by the whole elite package. Like I think Kenny should be in the world title picture. And I've seen the Bucks so much over the last few years. It was a welcome break. I didn't care. But I respect, you know, they're good workers and everything. And I love Def Triangle. And I particularly love Pac. And I super respect Pac. But I didn't know they were going to do a best of seven, obviously. And we're starting off with this match and this return. So for me, I'd really like to see Pac and Def Triangle get to win. But in my mind, they're not going to win. You know, this is the elite's big return. Right? So, and I know... And I know how the story's going to work. I even said this before, Joe. They're going to try to use the hammer, and Phoenix is going to say, no, we don't do that. And... They're going to cost them, and they're going to lose their belts, and we do the reboot. It's so oh, dumb. wrong. I was definitely wrong, and I'm going to tell you, this is, where, this is where I perked up a little bit. So we get to that point where Luchasaurus has the hammer, 
And I'm like a fan now as a kid, but I'm rooting for the bad guy. And I remember like hit him with a fucking oh, hammer. hammer? Hit him with a, uh, he I gave can't believe Luchasaurus Phoenix. had the hammer. No, nah, fuck. Yeah. Right, so Phoenix has the hammer. And he did. And I remember our crowd, Joe will talk about this in our section, was really mostly for the elite. And I remember I just got, I came alive. I was like, yeah. I was like, you did the right thing. I was so happy. I, I, that, I wasn't cheering for the elite either. So I'm with you. No. Yeah. And I was like, never been so more yeah. proud of the character of Ray Phoenix. <laughs> The funny thing is that we won't go into Dynamite at all, but we will talk about the fact that now Death Triangle is actually up two to nothing right. on the Elite. And since we're not going to Dynamite, I will just throw this out there real quick. Kenny Omega, in his interview with Sports Illustrated, talking about how we want to move on from the CM Punk thing. And, you know, don't just let it go, fans, because stuff we can't talk about all sounds really great on paper. But then when they fucking <laughs> start doing spots in the middle of the match, it's like, what was the point? Why did you even say or, that shit? Or how about the fact that the crowd was, they were in Chicago, just going absolutely ape shit for yeah. Um, CM Punk. Yeah, yeah, whatever. That's a good thing. Because live at AEW Rampage or at AEW Full Gear, there were fuck CM Punk chants. And to me, it was weird because we've heard CM Punk chants for years. And even though it ended on a down note, I'm not to a place where it's like fuck CM Punk. I've seen the comeback, so I'm fine with him coming back again. But to turn on on him that wild it almost shows how like wrestling fans can almost be a little particular my my buddy Kristen, who has totally sided with the bucks and kenny omega like he knows them or something and most of this <laughs> that's how i feel and, but he texted me after the spots and he showed me a tweet where they mocked the spots and everything and i figured i know what he's gonna say but i was wrong again and you know i just saw i didn't want to get into it so i just said yeah you know i guess they're planted up in chicago and he responded with or punk was right and he worked with children and i was like oh shit <laughs> like, like you know, and see to me, that's what you're doing. But because they're also vice presidents, it's a bad look for Tony and AEW too to me. Like it's like if you took the time to say, "Well, this man was a problem in the locker room." And we want to get away from that. But then you start to mock that. It just looks silly. <laughs> I don't they know. Maybe. Enough, they did enough spots where I actually was thinking, is CM Punk coming back? Now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my next question is, could this possibly all be a work leading up to some kind of CM Punk return? Anything. Everything's a work. Some kind of constructive situation. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's like, it could not be in the sense that like they might you know, but, but like, could it be? I like to think that somebody who's made as much money as probably as Tony Khan and his family did, there's probably part of him like, and this is a guy who grew up, right? Like he searched out things like Bill's, Bill Watts' Mid-South Wrestling, right? And all the old territories where they had signs in the back where it'd be like personal issues draw money. I gotta think there's a part of me that's like, this guy's like, okay, maybe we can smooth this over and maybe we can make some money. But Dynamite, and like I said, I don't want to go into Dynamite, but it was full of shit that didn't make sense. Even the Regal Moxley. Moxley told them, walk away and don't ever come back. Yeah. Is Regal leaving the company? I was I was curious about his contract status. I'm like, maybe this is a way to wrap up. Like, we can't, like when Danielson says he's got two, like, like, you know, bleeds on the brain and stuff like that. I'm like, is that wrong? <laughs> it's not live today, is it? No, it or was maybe we'll be watching show, Oh, we we're watching live. Uh, no, it's at like four o'clock today. So I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to do that. So. Oh, is it? It's that early. It is at yeah. four o'clock today. Yeah. So. Yes, then I will will be watching it because I will have no time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And getting to Randy's earlier point, and we'll drop this in because Dave and I can't remember a particular match order after this. Certain matches stuck out, but like outside yeah. of the main event, 
in the tag title match right before it, it was, it gets a little hazy in the middle there. Cause that's when I yeah, was I, really starting to feel tired and considering how long the show was. I, I, there was one other one. I actually, for Jamie Hayter again, because I assumed they weren't oh, going to yeah, give it yeah, to her. <laughs> Jamie Hayter, baby. <laughs> So the I only was, time the only time I texted Dave during the show was actually when Jamie Hader won because I was so excited that Jamie Hader won the title yeah. and, and the fact that it's now balls. the actual women's title and not an interim championship. Yeah, I was happy to see that too. The follow up on that too. Yes. Now Randy is making mention of Ricky Steamboat making his comeback this weekend, and I actually wanted yeah. to mention this because if you're on Fight TV, there is a three. There are three events basically put on by big time wrestling. The first of which is going to air tonight at six and it's the match that i was there live for with ftr with bret hart in their corner taking on brock anderson and brian pillman jr with arn in their corner tomorrow night will be ftr versus the rock and roll express and then sunday night will be ricky steamboat with the rock and roll express versus i i forget what the full card is but three big time wrestling events There's a mystery partner right yeah there is a mystery partner i'm wondering who it could be aj what did you want to say about Ooh. this comeback first of all it's not a comeback he's not coming back to wrestle he's coming back to wrestle this weekend and then he will be gone this is his final match to say that it's a comeback makes it sound like he's freaking coming back to wrestle it's not a <laughs> fucking comeback it's a one-off <laughs> secondly he he has had more health problems unfortunately than a lot than actually rick flair has had to be honest with you yes we know neck, yeah but well remember he had the neck injury for I know. years right he had the aneurysm in the ring i know i, I don't want to see this man take a bump I, I I agree. I agree. He's gonna go to do an arm drag and I'm gonna be like, oh shit, don't die. He looked better, Rick, than Rick walking around. But although I don't know, like those training videos they had produced with Rick, like they made you think Rick looked good. I'm like, ah oh, shit, Rick. All right. Well, we but, haven't even seen training vi- videos of Ricky Steamboat. You know, I no, have to, and to be fair, it is an eight man tag, so I think they're taking into consideration everything. I mean, yeah. there is there. It could be worse. It could be Ricky Steamboat's son. <laughs> But I highly recommend picking up this package. It's like $25 for all three events. Oh, hell yeah. Support it. $9.99 for each one. The the one I went to was amazing. And I I bought it, hell, just to see that one. But getting Um, back to this card, Dave, what the women's match stood out for you, the title match. Right. I like the tag match with Jarrett and Lethal versus Darby and Sting. But live, if you look down for a minute, like I did at my phone, I totally lost where the action is because they were in the stands on one side of the arena. Darby Allen's jumping off a ladder on the other side of the arena. That got the crowd going. I saw Sting do that dive. And I, me, myself, because I'm not watching on TV, I'll tell AJ will get this especially. I started to focus on Sting because I knew. I'm like, okay, he's going to do that. He's going to do something. And I want to see that because there's a part of me like, I want to see it. I want to root for him. And also, don't die. I want to know you're okay. I, I, I love Jeff Jarrett, but there's only so much Jeff Jarrett's going to do. Even when right. Jeff Jarrett was young, there was only so much Jeff Jarrett was going to do it's true like, it's crazy to think that <laughs> it's in better shape than sting and we, get move around but he's not going to be taking the dive we've seen jeff jarrett do his strut that's not going to do anything for me at this point no but sting did and the crowd was going crazy and this was a match i enjoyed because i honestly just like seeing sting and jeff jarrett in the ring together it's kind of a nostalgia thing and what they aw one thing they've done well is with sting the way they bring him out he comes out with these tag matches they don't win all of them but they win a majority of them 
and they're feel-good moments, and he does something big, and I really love the way AEW has positioned Sting, and for me saying that negative stuff about AEW earlier or stuff like that, I have to say this is something they do really well, and I enjoy this. For me, it's one of those things where I'm just wondering who's going to die first, Sting or Darby, because they both do insane shit. The difference yeah. is one of them's 28, and one oh. of them is 60-something. I, I gotta say, shout-out to front of the show, Scott, who uh, made a comment, and then I think John Pollock actually said it on his post-show, too afterwards Satnam Singh we found a role for him and it's just basically catching Darby and then throwing Darby around <laughs> because I don't know if I want to see this guy wrestle as they both of them eloquently said but you know there's something entertaining about him catching Darby from these high up spots and then tossing him yeah I would love to see him in a three-way dance with Braun Strowman and Omos I think that that's better than any of those little motherfuckers you like to watch <laughs> AJ, AJ and Braun will be on Twitter this week telling you why they don't like flippy wrestlers. <laughs> we, we would invite Vader, but he died. Now, AJ, tell us now, AJ, tell us how you enjoyed the main event, and then Dave and I will kind of recount our enjoyment of our ride so, home. <laughs> obviously, we have different angles on it. I watched it via my seventy-two inch TV. Yeah, so <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought that the two of them worked their asses off. I love that Regal got involved in it. I don't know about you, but I kind of saw. Uh, yeah. I think being in the crowd, it might have been harder to see the turn coming. No. Oh, no. Uh, Not for see, me. I, gotcha. <laughs> I saw the turn coming a mile away yeah. the moment the way they set it up. So I, it wasn't quite as enjoyable, but good for them. I doubted Regal the moment I saw him bracing like he wanted to hit MJF in the beginning of the match. I was like, what a pro. But I'm like, I don't buy it for a second. <laughs> like, I've, I've seen this turn coming since Regal and MJF cut those promos on each other that everybody was talking about. I said, this is way too much. Like, I feel like Regal. Eagle is going to get involved. But they're such good characters. A lot of people had doubted and really believed MJF was going to be a babyface. For me, highlight was watching the press conference later when AJF basically press comes out. Was great. It was great. When you think I'm going to be, oh, I'm going to be a good guy because I put over this motherfucker? Point at Tony Khan. No offense. <laughs> you know? And then when he's just like pulling the Jim Cornette, thank you, fuck you, goodbye. And you just hear him yell, champs here. <laughs> you know, yell it out. It's just, it was great. This, but, I, where to go at this point, but I thought they delivered. MJF doing the Fargo strut and stuff throughout the match. Good stuff. They gave us what we wanted, but it, it, I it, I wasn't shocked. How How is the crowd reaction when MJF won? I still thought he got a lot of positive response for the most part. I'm going to say I didn't notice it because the second <laughs> they counted the three, I looked over to Scott and Dave and I'm like, let's beat this crowd out of the building. So like, <laughs> I'm sure inside the arena, it was much louder, but we were already running for the nearest stair. So the way it played off watching it on TV, it was almost like a grenade, how it had the delay. Like, people were shocked a little bit at what happened, and then all of a sudden it hit them, MJF was the champion, and it seemed like it, they got more excited once they realized, once it set in. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a good moment, but like Joe said, at this point, we're ready to go home. We're a little fired up. We're a little goofy. We're making some jokes on the way yeah, there. At this point, oh, yeah. At this point, I took a bump on the way to the truck. I was walking. Oh, I had a, was it icy out? No, I don't know what happened. No. I had my hood over my eyes. I just fell. <laughs> But I, but in the words of Scott Hall, I got back up. Ah, here's what the, the end of Dave's adventures. Yeah, so here's say, something we can talk about. The so end as, of Dave's adventures on the ride home. As AJ figured out, I had ate already a couple times during that day. Now, I was battling a stomach bump going into the event, but it's starting to feel a little better. 
Naturally. But you're a warrior. Also you're the wall. a warrior. We had that pizza burger in the morning. We had some wings. Mm. Then we uh, had some fish and chips the second go around. Mixed it up nice. French fries. And then we got into the arena. Better believe Dave wants some dessert, so I got myself one of those cinnamon sugar pretzels. Couple can, couple uh, bottles of Coke. They don't do cans. And then I was done. And then Scott, he got himself some food finally. Had those chicken tenders. Uh, he's like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'll have one. Something about that last chicken tender, because I remember eating it, and it didn't quite leave me. It tasted good, but it didn't quite leave me. And then Joe's truck, I was riding the back, which was bumpy on the way up, but it didn't bother me as much. Suddenly, started to have a different effect on me. And I started to feel like, oh, this is car sick. And I don't know if it was car sick or the chicken wigs or a little bit of both, but I was like, okay. We're not gonna, and Joe said, do we need to stop? And you know, I'm like, no, we're going we're gonna to battle through. We're going to battle through. That may last about a half hour, 40 minutes. And I said, Joe, that rest stop. <laughs> and Joe said, oh, oh, we're serious. Because at this point, Joe, I think, thought we might have been joking. Because he didn't know I was going to try to fucking I was go for say, it. I asked him, and I don't think it was a 100% a yes, we need to stop. You're just no. like, oh, yeah, I'm going through some things. And I'm hearing him burping and blowing back there. It was kind yeah. of like, I think he's hoping to not have to puke. And then I am. I'm hoping. just hear him get more serious in his voice yeah and you know go ahead i i I, i'm gonna actually pitch something to you guys here i have an idea for a new show we go to wrestling events and on the (laughs) way we call it road stories how much can we feed dave Uh, yeah well i mean we're trying there's people that are trying to keep me alive as we speak so i'll just say hashtag don't tell jen hashtag was ever needed this would be the time luckily we know jen is not gonna watch this she'll be next to my wife not watching the show so Uh, so, um, I will just say this. Then we finally made it to a rest stop. And the moment I got out of the car, I don't know if Joe knows this or not even. As soon as I closed the door, I took about two steps and it was like, Bleh! and I just took that first throw up bump. All right. That first vomit bump. And then I made it to the bathroom and nothing. I was like, okay. And then there was a knock on the door and there's only a one for her. So I'm like, all right, I got to get out of here then. So I left. And as soon as I started made it out the door, vomit bump number two. <laughs> took a few more steps. Vomit number three. Vomit number four. And then I realized there was some woods and area, a little grass that no one could see me at. Made it there. Vomit five, six. We got back. Dave fell asleep with no seatbelt on in the back. Hope for the best. We made it. And I woke up. We were in Dude City. So. I'm just I'm just glad that's not where you chose to take a bump. That would have been horrible. <laughs> just feet up in the air, landing in the puke. Yeah, it was oh, definitely yeah. a combination. At that point, I was just surviving in the truck. Like, I was still going good. There was no hope of me falling asleep, but, like, I was in the zone. I wasn't allowing myself to be tired. But at that point, I was definitely like, all right, we're in the home stretch. We just got to get there safe. And we made it. There was no falling asleep like the bus driver. I actually bought the full gear pay-per-view because I wanted to see how it came across on TV because I think our being tired really affected that. We had a great time meeting the post guy and that was yeah. almost the main event of the day in a way. And Rowdy which Piper is shame, was the most. <laughs> which, is, which is a shame because it was actually a very good pay-per-view. And speaking of good pay-per-views, Rowdy Piper was voted the most hated man in 1984 by PW <laughs> 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 or oh, Pro yeah, Wrestling let's, Illustrated. Let's get, to these, let's get to these Pro Wrestling Illustrated rankings. We're going to do these quick because now I that we took that five minute segue. Yeah. <laughs> 
I know. I was going to say, I came up with it as a segment, kind of as a space filler, because we didn't have a 5-3-1 this week, and we were just kind of getting to some fan memories. And what was our favorite Survivor Series? Any of the old ones? I like the classic five-on-five. Am I the only one who didn't realize Survivor Series was this weekend? (laughs) That's kind of funny. (laughs) I'm watching Monday Night Raw, and they're like, yeah, Survivor Series this Saturday. I'm like, Mm. what? Did you watch last week? I did know about that, because we are going to be talking the results with Andrew Thompson next week. I didn't even think to do, guys, fuck the 1984 rankings. That segment's (laughs) out the door. Let's talk Survivor (laughs) Series, because we probably, next week we're talking 1985. Maybe we'll fit it in. We'll try and plan better. It's Black Friday. We're cutting loose. I'm still full of brisket from yesterday. I don't know about you guys. I will tell you that David Von Erich was not the comeback wrestler of 1984. (laughs) He was not. So what match? Matches here. No, you got him. Beautiful. I got him. All right, let's yeah. let's make some predictions and then we'll wrap this thing up. Okay, I think he was going to ask a question. I'll just say. Uh, oh, go ahead, ask questions. Looking most forward to is I am looking most forward. We'll get to predictions in order, but the main event, and I don't think AJ might have saw this, judging by the way he was surprised at Survivor Series this weekend. Kevin Owens, when he actually came, you probably heard about it, came out on SmackDown last week. But Owens, like he just cut a hell of a promo. Actually, this week on Raw, you probably that's when AJ was probably like, oh shit, that's this weekend because when Owens no, cuts that a promo. When I realized. Right. I got to say this. I've been saying it to anyone who listens, and there's some people who told me they get chills at this idea, but Cody Rhodes winning the title over Roman after an unstoppable almost three-year reign comes in and wins it for his father. Dusty Rhodes is an emotional thing, and I think people like that. However, I do have to say, the other guy that should win this fucking world title is the man who almost in storyline beat him several times right in the beginning. And he's not lying when he almost ended it early. And it was just main event Jay and Paul at the time handcuffing him and doing all this stuff because there's nobody that shows more fire in his comebacks, whether on the microphone or in the ring, than Kevin Owens. So for me, it's he's just as deserving, and I would not mind seeing Kevin get this belt. We, we love Kevin Owens. We're all Kevin Owens fans. And when he's a face, when they let him be Kevin oh, yeah. Owens, the crowd is behind him. It's no different than Sami Zayn. Sami no. Zayn, when they let him be Sami Zayn, this, the crowd is behind him. Kevin and, so, and Sami, yeah. That, that's why, besides the fact the bloodline's been untouchable, Sami in particular, and now Kevin on the other side, I, I'm so, this is the match I'm looking forward to. But let's go. We'll do the results. They make me want to be Usi. We're gonna we're gonna go in the order of America's most trusted news source, Wikipedia, and we'll start off with the women's war games. Where I have to say, okay, the story of this is basically it's Bel Air, Bliss, Oscar, Miriam. Yeah, she's back to Miriam. She wasn't for a second, but now she's back. And a mystery partner against Damage Control and Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley. Okay. What? I uh, gotta think it's go gonna to be Becky Lynch. Gotta go to bed. And is it gonna be Becky or is it gonna be Sasha or is it gonna be Beth Phoenix? You seem to think it's gonna be Beth. Uh, I think it's it could be Beth. I think it's gonna be Becky Lynch. Oh, Becky. I'm sorry. You think it's gonna be Becky? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's been around actually from news sources that I've seen. She's actually was at Raw and has been medically cleared. I'm gonna say I'll go out on a limb. I think you're actually right right now because I feel like Sasha and Naomi would come back together. But it's Boston. It's what I want. So I'm just gonna 
to say it. I'm going to say it's Sasha Banks, and I'll say either way, the baby faces are going over here. So what what time are you guys going to Survivor Series? We're not going to Survivor Series. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I didn't right. know you guys were going to full gear, so I figured. <laughs> <laughs> you never oh, no. know. That newer trip took enough out of me. I've been messed up all this week. My timing's been off, been rough at work. Like, I don't know if I could do backs. Yeah, I, I, I'm picking the good guys in this one. I think damage control goes over. All right. I don't know why Wikipedia had. I wish I didn't go in this order, but whatever. So they have the men's war games next. Not that they know the order. This is a tough one for me because the bloodline is the hot commodity here, but I feel like they're going to lose because I feel like this is going to be the storyline. It's Sammy is either going to lose or Jey Uso is going to cost Sammy or just something's going to happen here. And I say that's got to cause some stuff for future storylines. I think the bloodline has to lose. You haven't been able to beat the bloodline because if you beat them, you take their title. I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. Sorry. Breaking news I got here. <laughs> I'll just keep to myself. Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi. This has got to be Rousey all day. No offense to Shotzi. There's nothing they've done to make me think that Shotzi has a chance to win this title at all. Yeah, I don't even see her coming close. This is pre-show, yeah. right? No, that's, that's the main card. No, it's, <laughs> it, if anything, you, you'll actually see, I think that Ronda and Shayna Baszler are coming together as a group, yeah. and if anything, you might see Shazi just get the shit beat out of her. I don't, yeah, this is, yeah, uh, this is the one that I don't get. And then we got AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. This could be a show stealer, just because you're talking about two of the best wrestlers in the world. Finn, obviously, with the Judgment Day, is starting to really get some shine i feel like aj it's great that gals and anderson are back but they still haven't really in my mind give aj the shine he deserves i don't think he's getting it here either they've just continued to put judgment day over and something tells me we're building up to another program with edge and finn because beth phoenix is going to come back at some point and the only chance aj has is if edge and uh, beth phoenix come out and interfere in this match yeah which maybe they are you know what maybe they are I, so i'm gonna say i'll just because i think think he's due for a win i'll go aj styles here yeah i'm not i'm gonna go finn balor okay <laughs> you're probably right yeah yeah fuck it up finn balor all right i talk me out of it huh? <laughs> all right since you since you want to do that i'll go aj good go aj <laughs> all right now, and then the last question, match should we get at least one traditional survivor series match I'm sure. no i'm always a sucker yeah no nah, i'm fine with it i mean it, it'd been fine but like now that we're doing the war games like that's good enough you know we got two war games if you, matches. If you want a traditional survivor series match tune in sunday and you'll be able to watch ricky steamboat's final match when there's 30 people <laughs> on the apron but the u.s title match we got seth rollins versus bobby lashley versus austin theory look theory despite people being a little upset that he tried to cash his title his briefcase on the u.s title and he lost the promo he cut afterwards and everything he's done since been pretty well done bobby lashley has been extremely well protected but seth rollins is definitely the guy right now i think in the company and he's probably besides kevin owens and a returning cody and if we're going to get the rock back seth rollins is probably the other guy who's being protected and built for eventual match with roman so i say seth gets this done here and i, I uh, agree probably- with you i think I agree with you. I think Seth Rollins is going over here. I think Bobby Lashley is going to get screwed over. And by the way, Austin Theory cashing in on the U.S. title is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of and people. I've seen agree. some stupid shit. <laughs> all right, what else do you got, Dave? There's got to be more <laughs> matches. No, that was it. I thought. Uh, I, that's, that's all. I'm sorry. That was hard? it. That's five matches. Holy wow. crap! This Remember when WWE was accused of going long on pay per views, and now they've uh, really seen to, the rain it in. And- 
AEW has taken over with uh, going the full midnight. Yeah. No, I think I'm, I'm guessing is these War Games matches are going to get some time, and um, that's what I will expect. And well, you got to remember they have to. Well, they have to get time. You start off with two people, right? And then, and then one comes minutes. in. So th- sometimes they can take. I've seen how War Games take 45 an hour. Yeah, I um, think you're going to look at both these matches are going to be a half hour to 45 minutes, and then I would imagine you know Seth and a- AJ and Finn. Could get some time too. I would imagine the quick match is going to be Sachi, Sachi, and uh, Ronda Rousey. I again, I just no offense to. That's I just, to me, War Games doesn't feel right if I don't have Iron Anderson looking eye to eye with Dusty Rhodes to start it off. Oh, you know what? I see Randy had asked a question. Uh, what's your favorite tournament you ever watched? It's kind of funny because it was the 98 Survivor Series. And that was the one, and Randy actually mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but when Rock actually won the world title tournament and they screwed over Mankind the following year with the whole screw job parody, basically. But I enjoyed that tournament format and everything, too. So, And that was actually one of my favorite Survivor Series. I enjoyed WrestleMania 4 when the Macho Man won the world title with the help of Hulk Hogan against that dastardly Ted DiBiase and that stinky giant. Very believable. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we'll be coming back next week with 1985. We'll do like we did last week with a rundown of the year. We'll interject some memories. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 